0: Today in TFC Stock Geek we're going to explore a company that rarely makes the media circuit In other words, it's a little bit boring, very old school But has an extremely strong brand and following amongst its members and consumers With 90% membership retention rates, they are very happy A lot of happy customers And this is a concept that is extremely popular in the US and has recently entered in China But for many of us locals in Singapore, we may struggle to understand how one company can set up a huge huge warehouse selling day-to-day products We're not making the house look amazing and welcoming. So imagine Sing Xiong Warehouse, where you have to become a member, you have to pay money to join, then you can shop. Will you do it? So joining me today to geek out on this supermarket giant is Chris Susanto, founder of RethinkWealth.com, someone that loves great deals in the markets. So we had to talk about this great deal powerhouse called... Costco. They run a business model where you buy in bulk, you have to pay to shop, and yet, you have the highest revenue per square foot and the lowest operational cost. Essentially, they are very, very cheap. They know how to make things very cheap. So find out how they do it and why it is a little bit difficult to challenge their model, although they don't sound that tech-savvy. For your reference sake, this episode was recorded on the 22nd of May 2021 and released early to our community members. Our discussion today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendations. Thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. So let's geek out. Yeah,
1: so guys, recently I think a lot of things are happening in the market. We are locking down again. Okay, maybe not lockdown I A little like pseudo lockdown. Phase you know, two heightened yeah, alert. Yeah, whatever, whatever phase, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> kind of discussion, and you and you are seeing and you are seeing um, people rushing to Sing Xiong and and all those kind of stuff once again, right? Yeah, and okay. uh, maybe not as crazy and as the stock first price time. Went up. Yes, yes, exactly, mm. as Sing stock price went up, right? <laughs> so, we may have, you know, moved on from the whole Sing uh train, you know, but there are many other retailers and many other big grocers out there in the world, and it's not just local to Singapore, right? So, today we're going to spend some time with Chris again, and we're going to talk about the essentially one of the biggest retailers and biggest grocer. Do you call them grocer? I think they are a lot more than a grocer at this moment in time. Mm. So, yeah, one of the it's biggest It's a warehouse guys. club. Exactly, right? So one of the biggest guys in, mm. in this space of selling goods in bulk. Okay, I think not so, not so common here in Singapore, people don't really buy in that big bulk. So you really got to help us envision and understand this thing as we go along to try to understand this business. So what are we going to talk about today, Chris?
2: Uh, We're going to talk about Costco today. Uh, mm. yep. So, as usual, uh, whatever I say is for educational and informational <laughs> purposes only. <laughs> yes, blah, blah blah blah. The usual <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> 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 so, Costco is a very interesting, uh, kind of company. I mean, you look at Shangshong, right? Shangshong is like, I uh, would say, is a uh, pretty big in in our Singapore context, but Costco is. Big in a global context, <laughs> because <laughs> I like I like the because, big
1: um, right. This is like really big guys, <laughs> not just yeah. not just Sing, not just Sing Yes, yes, I get that.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. So Costco is uh is very interesting. Uh, maybe Reggie, can you guess how many stores they have all over the world?
1: Wow, I don't know, like a, a thousand stores, or a thirty thousand stores. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. How, no. how many do they have? <laughs> they have roughly,
2: uh, based on what I saw as of around like 2020, is around 795 stores worldwide. So you wouldn't call that a lot of stores for such a big mm. company because each of their stores, you see it in the form of view of like a warehouse club. So it's not like your 7-Eleven or like, it's not even like the size of Shengshong. It's usually very big because it's uh, more of like in the form of warehouse and uh, they get most of their sales from the United States around 73% and Canada around 13%. So yeah. although it's a global company, but most of their sales still come from US and Canada, which is mm. about 86% of their sales. Mm. So when we go mm. to Sheng right, anyone can just go and anyone can just buy stuff. But when we go to Costco, not everyone can just go and not everyone can buy stuff because you need to be a member first. Mm. So that's the very interesting thing about Costco. And their value proposition from a long time ago where they were founded around in the 1983. It's really about low prices on a limited assortment of products. So they don't sell everything in the world, but when they sell those things... On a limited basis, you can see that the price is uh, very, very, very cheap. So their focus is really not on, you know, displayed under very nice, <laughs> have like lots of decoration in, inside the stores. Mm. That's not their focus at all. They basically just get from the suppliers. And then from the suppliers, they just push it into the warehouse and then they just open the top, something I like know. that. I
1: know. It's like the crates. You know, like those those lift, the very big lift, they go in and then they, they take down this whole big stack of uh-huh. things and then they just put it on the floor, yeah. they open up the top the top lid and then you just take whatever you need yeah. take, Right? Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. It's extremely <laughs> uncommon here. Uh, people in Singapore probably find it very hard to envision, but I think the closest guys mm. will be the one at Jurong, the, the big box store at, at mm. Jurong. Yeah, I think that's the closest guys. But when I was uh, traveling around, when I was staying in the Philippines for a short period of time, like a few months, there were a lot of these kind of stores mm. also, right? Where it's, it's the same exact same idea. This whole thing, they just kind of put it on there. No display. They're not trying to like amp it up and make it sweet, sweet. They essentially want you to take the whole box if you can, right? They really want you to sell in bulk. Mm. All right, that's, kind of, that's kind of where it is.
2: Yep, yep. So I think that's what differentiates Costco as well. Because if they do this, then they can l- lower down the, the costs that are not really essential, for the purpose of uh, their competitive advantage, uh, their mood, which is uh, low cost, right? And as a result, as you can see, they earn a lot of money from their membership, right? Mm -hmm. You can also see their membership actually steadily increasing. Even though they've been around for so long, but even if you can see in the past, maybe we just look at 2015 to 2019, their membership has increased from about 446 million members to about 53.9 million right and that is after growing for so long and not Mm. only that you know the average sales per warehouse has also been increasing
1: wow
2: all the way from 2010 to 2019 the average sales per warehouse has also been increasing that means that each of the warehouse actually has more members going there and therefore the average sales per warehouse is also increasing And Mm. therefore, you see that although it doesn't have as much stores as, say, like Walmart, but their average sales per square foot is very high. In fiscal Mm. 2020, their average sales per square foot is about $1,400, comparing to Walmart's of about $485, at Kroger's, $680. Wow. And uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. So you can see...
1: Wow, very, especially important for this kind of, re. Do, do you even, do you call them retail? In some ways, they are retailing from a warehouse angle, right? Like they're building this thing that is not mm. as beautiful, but they're still selling to the N-tier customer, right? So in some ways, they are still retail. Mm. And for a retail business, you know, to be able to churn 2X, two 3X, two 4X, X, their competitor per square feet, that is amazing. Mm.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, that means that people really, really buy stuff in Costco and they buy lots of stuff in Costco because, of course, they view Costco as the value buy. And I mean, who doesn't want a good value, right? Mm. And like, I think that's the reason why their paid membership has been steadily increasing over the last five years. Mm. And uh, their renewal rate uh, for the United States and Canada is about 90%. So that's very wow. high.
1: Wow, that's very high. Yeah. Spotify yeah, is at 50%, just saying. Really? <laughs> this, yeah, Spotify's retention rate is at 50%. Oh, yes, that's,
2: yes. that's low. Uh. That's yeah.
1: very low, yeah. problematic for them. But wow, 90% renewal, hey, if you think about it, that's, it's, it's no joke, man. The kind of customer experience must have been, must have been amazing for a lot of them to yeah. continue to keep paying for membership. Wow.
2: Yeah, I think mm. it simply means that these people know that how much they pay for the membership, they're able to save more from buying mm. from Costco, right? Mm. And their worldwide renewal rate is 88% based on mm. what I saw from uh, the 2019 annual report, right? So yeah. for a company that has grown uh, so long and so big, meaning that they do have like quite a sustainable business model because mm. you see that these customers really value their membership. And they are quite smart because uh, they know that people are buying and they know that, They have these members, so they also have a really good amount of their own in-house brand. Mm. So they have this Costco Kirkland Signature brand. Have you heard of this brand, Kirkland? No. No. Yeah. No. So it's it's by Costco. But the interesting thing, uh, do you know that their in-house brand, uh, from what I read uh, recently, accounted for around
1: 25%
2: of their sales.
1: Wow, that's that's, that's that's a lot. A lot and that that means they're very targeted in the kind of in-house brands that they're going to develop, right? And that's extremely yeah. extremely powerful. Yes. Yeah, that's
2: crazy. I mean, if you think about Shengshong, can you imagine that 25% of sales is in-house Buy. brand by Shengshong or like in-house <laughs> brand by FairPrice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, right? No. Yeah, no. so so it again shows the power of not only the stickiness of the company but also the company's ability to do R&D and develop product that customers do find value and buy. And as you know, in-house brand is definitely better margin for Costco than getting brand from outside.
1: Always better. In-house brands always have better margins, yes.
2: Yeah. Mm. So, Mm. yeah. So, Costco is very interesting. In fiscal 2019, I think they opened their first store in China with (laughs) over...
0: (laughs) With a big commotion. With a very big oh. commotion. Is it? <laughs> did, did you see, you didn't see all the videos going online? I didn't see. Oh my all god, happened. the videos, they were like,
1: you know, China being China, there are so many people, right? When Shanghai Disneyland was open, the Disney park was like flooded and there are like so many people and rides were taking so wow. long, right? And you take that same experience with Shanghai Disneyland into into the Costco, the first Costco in China, right? That's the
0: exact mm. same reality. People were pushing around and, you know. There were no stock left. They sold out in I think a matter of hours on the first day. They didn't expect so many people to come.
1: Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy, man. Wow. It's Amazing. crazy, right? Amazing. I yes. think
2: that speaks to the power of the brand also even mm. in like in like global context. I mm. mean, like Costco is a is a US company, but you know, even when they open in China, there's so much commotion and and there's over 139,000 membership signups. Mm. by the first day by their operating mm. day there's there's so many sign up already mm. and uh do you know in just in 2019 right in fiscal 2019 what was their net sales for the year
1: i don't know man it's uh
2: 149 billion dollars man
1: what the fuck <laughs>
2: yeah they
1: essentially sold like <laughs> wow they sold a lot a lot of goods <laughs> and 25 percent of them are house brands that's crazy it's it's, yeah. it's pretty pretty damn well yeah yeah yeah
0: that's,
1: yeah, that's, yeah okay so, so i think i think here we got to kind of paint some clarity right one is the uh in their business model one is the membership all right? so the membership is extremely interesting because then people must be experiencing sufficient value that they can continue to sign and be part of the member but when you're a member, then you have a higher propensity to go back to spend also. So that's another you know, very powerful of being a member, right? So from a business standpoint and from a consumer standpoint, they all extract value out of this membership and it's steadily growing. Mm. They are charging extremely cheap for, for the products that they sell and because they do not try to make it look sweet, sweet and everything, they don't need to hire all these random people to just kind mm. of you know, beautify it. It's, it reduces the supply cost. Okay, I think that's that's extremely important, and they are doing a lot of house brands based on what they have so far because they have all the data, right? What are people buying, and then it's like everybody buy rice, then you, you do a rice kind of thing, right? And with all that data, you can have a higher hit rate from what product to develop. So I think they are in that sense, it's a it's a pretty interesting business that it's not very um, not very techy, not very futuristic, but but seems like the core value is pretty there, huh?
2: Yep. Yep. Exactly. So I think uh, the interesting thing is that now we are living in a world of Amazons, right? And we are mm. living in the world of like online shopping and uh, we are living in a world where even groceries you can buy online, right? With mm. uh, Food Panda, a Fair Price, etc. But um, even as these digital sellers expand, I think Costco is in a very interesting position because their value proposition is also focusing on online also, oh, because wow. in the US locations, right, ninety nine percent of the US locations, from what I read, is within a twenty minutes drive to members.
1: Wow, that yeah. is very strategic in the way they they build their stores. Exactly.
2: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And uh, when you go to Costco, as as I've mentioned just now, uh, the members know that they don't have the biggest variety, like we mm. can see in Walmart or Target. In yeah. Walmart, from what I read, uh, in Walmart super centers, that means the bigger Walmart, they have about 140,000 stock-keeping units. Mm. So 140,000 different kind of items. In Target, maybe seventy five to 80,000. But mm. in a Costco warehouse, uh, they only have about 3,700 stock-keeping <gasps> units.
1: Bro, that is damn, that is damn lean. Very, very. Despite
2: lean. yeah, despite the warehouse large sizes, which is wow. normally a, about 140, 145,000 square feet. Mm. So, mm. can you see what's the like impact of this? That means that they have really strong purchasing leverage, mm. because they don't buy so many things, right? Only three thousand seven hundred as compared to, like, Walmart 140000 or Target 80000 So that means that since they don't buy so many things, each of these things they buy a lot. Mm, uh, mm. That's why they can mm. buy in, like, low cost and that's why people keep on coming.
1: Yeah, and and then they build their own house brand to bring down that cost even further and then they can have that competitive advantage compared to all these other players that are doing the whole sui-sui sweet, sweet experience, you know, <laughs> selling yeah. retail.
0: Okay, Yeah, okay.
1: That's,
2: They that's... really don't try to make like a lot of money from selling their stuff because most of their earnings, right, from what I see in fiscal 2020, 65% of their earnings before interest and taxes is from membership fees.
1: <laughs> really? 65%? Yeah,
2: yeah wow, 65% wow. of their EBIT is from membership fees in fiscal 2020.
1: Wow, they are like a co-op, bro. They're essentially like a co-op. They they buy things in bulk oh, what together, is cool. like oh, a, co-oper- yeah. a cooperative. So they buy things in bulk together. They, they congregate together, and then they you know kind of share the value amongst their own people. That's pretty interesting.
0: That's cool. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, yeah,
1: nice. Yeah. Nice. But but who are their competitors in the space? And then with this model, do you think they can continue to keep growing relative to all their competitors? Um.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the competitors for Costco are are the companies, the household brand that you and I know, like Walmart. A Walmart is really the biggest America's retailer by sales, mm. right? But Walmart also make most of their money from the US, about seventy seven percent of their sales. Of course, Target is a competitor also. Target is, uh, of course, not as big as as Walmart. But it's, it's really a strong competitor at, as well. But of course, in terms of the business model, maybe might not be entirely like, comparable because they are not operating on a membership warehouse sales basis. Mm. Uh, there's this company, there's also a competitor called BJ's Wholesale Club Holdings. Uh, it's a warehouse club and gas station operator. So maybe this one is a little bit more comparable. And we have another big uh, company that we can like compare against called Kroger. So Kroger has about 2750-ish supermarkets worldwide and 82% of them have pharmacies. So, you know, the business Mm -hmm. angle also like slightly different. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a market for all these companies. I mean, if you look at Shengshong, you know, I don't think Shengshong will go bankrupt <laughs> in terms of COVID or like in terms of no COVID. You know, people still need to go and buy their, buy their groceries, right? Mm-hmm. And as you know, we will usually buy it nearby our house or wherever is, is convenient, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that each of these stores have their own market, and I think um, it's very hard for all these companies to go bankrupt. And Costco is in a very interesting position. Because it uh, strikes to the heart of what consumers want. Value, right? Mm. Especially, you know, you know, if you have a family and you have to cook for them and you have to uh, stock up. Since you're going to buy things anyway, you want to buy it at a buck because it's cheaper. And that's where Costco comes in. And since you're already a member of Costco, why do you still want to go to like Target, you know? Yes. <laughs> and like as you have seen just now, Costco says that ninety-nine percent of its location are within twenty minutes drive in the US. Mm. Uh but of course, right, Costco is not suitable if you just want to buy like for one person or like for two person. Mm. Uh basically if you want to buy in bulk, go to Costco. But if you don't want to buy in bulk, then uh maybe Costco might not be the best location because you need to pay like membership fees. And things like that. So there's, a, there's a, quite a sustainable differentiation lah, that Costco mm. have as compared to its competitors. Yep.
1: Mm. So then you, you're seeing two things, right? One thing is they're limited in, in their growth opportunities in the sense that they need to be in a particular region, right? Because they're not the only player and then if their competitors become a dominant player in that region, then it will make it pretty hard for them to enter. Is, is that one thing?
2: Uh no I don't think so I think Costco has their own market and has their own value proposition mm-hmm. and if you look at their like eps compounded growth rate right for the past 5 years mm-hmm. maybe uh, like until like 2019 2020 we see that Costco earnings per share right actually grew faster than the other four companies that I mentioned just now wow. their earnings okay. per share grew at around 11.2% as compared to Walmart at 5.53 and Target at 8.72 and Kroger at four point five five. Uh, BJs uh, EPS is uh, still quite like erratic. Uh, it has a negative EPS in one of those years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they do have like a key differentiation, and their key differentiation is really through really not trying to make money. I think that sometimes they don't even mind like losing money on some products, you know, just mm-hmm. so that the customers keep on coming and finding value because they make most of their money from their memberships uh, yes. fees. Yes. And if you look at the gross margins, right, it is not surprising that they have the lowest gross margins out of the four supermarkets that I mentioned just now. Mm. Their gross mm. margins from the last time I saw, I think it's only at around like 13% range. While Walmart is around 25% range, Target is around 29% range. BJ's is mm. around 19% and Kroger around like 22%. So uh, I think I think they can compete in anywhere that they decide to come because, <laughs> of their, because of their branding and also because like people know Costco is cheap, Costco is value, right? Mm. And uh, I mean, there will be a market like for like families, etc.
1: Fair, fair. So then in mm. that sense, they are the top of the mind for the cheap value kind of company, right? But then mm. do you think that they can then compete you know um internationally, because there needs to be some sort of growth story, right? If you think about it that there are two two things right one is how, how are they con- going to continue growing? the other is um, in the space that they're already in, it is not actually a very difficult model to copy. you know what I mean so mm. if it's not a very difficult model to copy, why nobody copying them and how, how can they continue to stay relevant in this and continue to stay strong? they are relevant. <laughs> Continue to stay strong. <laughs> yes. I think it is
2: a difficult model to copy because uh because if you are a supermarket that is not built on this model from the ground up, then it's very hard for you to suddenly become this model from the ground up. Because this model requires you to have uh, large warehouses, requires you to have the whole company policy revolving like, around, like, not trying to make, like, so much money from the things you sell. If you can sell cheaper, sell cheaper, don't sell higher. And then, like, uh, the people you hire are not really, like, the people to, like, beautify the shops or, like, things like that. And you don't really see them, like, uh, having, like, rent or long-term rent in shopping malls, right? So, it's really the whole business is built on this kind of philosophy. So it's not easy to copy. If you want to copy, you must start a new company from the ground up to really focus on this model. Because it really requires you to limit costs on many, many, many things. So that at the end of the day, when people go to the shop, when they buy the stuff, and then they can see that, oh, it's cheaper. But of course, with like this kind of uh, brand recognition, right? Some of the things you buy in Costco might not be cheaper, but you think it's cheaper anyway. <laughs> uh, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. A lot of right. uh, re- a lot of retailers actually do that also, right? I mean, like like IKEA is one of them. IKEA is a classic retailer that does this. They have a few products that are really cheap, and they sell their ice cream and all those things very, very cheap. So that it creates a brand identity. They pulls you yeah. into their store, and then yeah. you will buy the cheap stuff. Yes, but at the same time, you will somehow buy the other things that actually have a. <laughs> very big margin and you didn't realise you thought everything at Ikea is very cheap very good right? exactly, so, so exactly. That, that, that's that's one powerful thing that's very interesting yeah. but at, at the least knowing this it gives um, people that are new to try to understand this company the comfort to know that you're supposed to expect Costco's margin to be very low because this is their business model you cannot compare it to with another retailer that, that is something that I think we all have to be aware right
2: yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, when we look at any company, uh, we must ensure that, of course, we must understand the company before we invest even a single cent into it. But the idea for any company, you must see what makes them different and how certain are you that it's different and what is the sustainability behind this differentiation or this competitive advantage or mode or whatever you call it. The reason is the sustainability of this competitive advantage and whether this competitive advantage will be bigger or smaller, is it growing into the future, will likely translate into the numbers. Because uh, only when you see a company have clear differentiation, then they can have this kind of a stickiness or whatever you call it. Some companies have pricing power, etc. Uh, for Costco, uh, I would say it's like a switching cost or maybe it's like, uh, yeah, probably like mm, low cost. Lah. I would say low cost is the competitive advantage.
1: Yes. And like you said, it is very difficult to build a retailer, whole thing around low cost. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think one, one of the things that caught my eyes in the financials is that from operating expenses to revenue uh, that means the overhead costs uh, Costco is only is sub 10% it's mm. at 9.47% everyone else is hovering at about 20 over percent that, that, that's that's pretty nuts right that means every dollar that you spend at Costco about 9, 9.5 cents go to operations yeah
2: that's, that's crazy low, right?
1: Mm, crazy.
2: Yes. Crazy. So if you look at like Walmart at about like 20-something percent, that means that if you want Walmart to suddenly become like Costco, you must ask Walmart to cut half of their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, right. is pretty,
1: that is pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Interesting, yeah. how, interesting how this business model would thrive. Huh? Like it's it's not even like some corner store, indie shop, you know, it's like a big cooperation and and this model actually work you know all all around can 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 you bring us through a little bit of the numbers like what are some major things that we should look at within their financials within their numbers how how is it looking like
2: yeah i mean uh they have a very low overhead ratio mm. and in terms of uh their debt i think from the last time i uh, i read about it their debt to equity is uh, roughly uh, around 0.4 something and uh, that's comparatively quite low because on average, I think they have no problem paying off their long-term debt with their net income or their operating cash flow, free cash flow, etc. And their free cash flow, actually, if I'm not wrong, from 2015 to 2020, their free cash flow actually is growing at about mm. 26.18% for the last five years. Wow. That's actually very, very... uh, Very, very...
1: Very, even the the tech companies may not perform like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a reason why I think Charlie Munger is a very long-term owner of Costco, you know?
1: Mm, Because he's he's a a cheapo at uh, (laughs) 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 heart. He's a cheap skate at heart. He knows, he likes the deals. So, (laughs) exactly, this is where he hangs out. Mm.
2: I think because (laughs) he knows that also this uh, competitive advantage is very hard to fight against. I mean, even if you have new technology, how can you fight low costs for, for like groceries and like for like, for like their own like in-house brands like Krogers. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that um, Costco has a really, quite a solid like profitability, really like well managed as well in terms of its debt, and then uh, yeah. But I would say that its valuation has never been like. I would say, like, very, very attractive. And if you can look at the price chart, uh, wow, it's like, it's like just going up all the way. <laughs> and, like, it also shows that, I know, they have operationally done well over these years as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, these kind of companies, then, of course, if you want to think about valuation, how can you value it? I would say that we can consider maybe like using your standard like discounted cash flows, uh, assuming like certain amount for their free cash flows. So like we mentioned, like just now, uh, their free cash flow grew at about like 26-ish percent from the f- five years before, like 2020, 2019. So if you think about uh the valuation, if you just assume maybe like just about 12%, if you try to be conservative, so you halve that free cash flow growth rate to 12% for 10 years and then 5% uh, perpetually, you get about like $430-ish uh, with a 15% margin of safety. If you assume a 16% growth rate for the next 10 years, which is will be harder to do because uh, they're already quite mature and they're already quite big, then uh, there's a bigger like Price upside of about five hundred eighty one dollars, uh. But of course, if that is your assumption, la, yeah, for Costco. But in general, I'll say that Costco right now, uh, is uh based on my assumption, is not something that is like widely overvalued, but it's also not something that is very, very mouth-watering either. Uh, yeah, and it's you like the like s-
1: mouth-watering ideas. I know. Yeah,
2: I do. <laughs> uh, I mean, I try to be disciplined about it. Although mm. sometimes it can be hard, right? Yeah, I get
1: it. I yeah. get it.
2: Yeah.
1: Especially when there's nothing to buy, then you look at this thing. Yeah. Like, actually, mm, this is not too. Actually, bad, not right? bad. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you be like, actually, not bad. Just put some. Yeah, yeah. it just felt a bit like, like, looks not bad. Anyway, this is not recommendation. Yeah, but but this yes, is yes. this is exactly how a lot of investors think, right? When when you when yeah. you're in the market, you have all these capital sitting around, and then you be like, wow, be man, everything is so expensive. What do you yeah, go for? Yeah. And then. Some people will trim their margin of safety. Some people will, mm. you know, uh, trim their positions in the sense of thinking like, oh, maybe this company can go a little bit better, right? So so then mm-hmm. you will buy the less mouth-watering deals, but still not too bad, right? But ultimately, yeah. it is it is based on your individual uh, understanding and your individual yeah. uh, palette, like your own investment style. Yeah. Okay.
2: Exactly, exactly. It's, yeah. about, it's about discipline, it's about patience, it's about understanding yourself, controlling yourself. That's yeah. why like investment is uh, r- really art and science, uh, yeah. like combination of both, to really have like, clarity in who we are, how we want to invest, mm. and uh, of course also like clarity uh, about analysing the company at hand.
1: La. So, yes, yes. yeah. it's yeah. great. It's great. So, so I think we, we've talked a lot about it. Do you want to like kind of walk us through a little bit, like, what do you think of their management? You know, are there any interesting people in their team? Do they have certain modes, you know, that... that I mean, we've definitely talked a little bit about their modes, but I just want to kind of want to hear it in, in a form together. Yep, yep. Yes.
2: Yeah. I think my view about their management is... Uh, I think their management is pretty decent. The CEO is uh, Craig Jelinek. Uh, was a ceo from uh, 2012 so as you can see from 2012 to like 2020 they have done operationally very well membership renewal rate remain high membership continually increase average sales um, per square foot is also really really good continually increase and really like as we've uh, mentioned yourself almost like triple like walmart uh so their debt management is also good. They've also tried to achieve like better growth objectives like in terms of their e-commerce and fulfillment capabilities. I think they are also like trying to uh to have the what you call the one day shipping kind of like capabilities and uh, <laughs> the Am-
1: Amazon has set that as a basic. <laughs> because of amazon you have to do it at this level right <laughs> if not if yeah not, it's all relative so yeah okay
2: yeah good. yeah so i think they are like trying to do the same day grocery delivery for mm. members uh mm. uh yeah they have really good track records of like store growth a uh, really strong execution uh Develop the omni-channel capabilities uh, to really fight against the digital disruption quite well. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think the management execution is good, and uh, because of this, of course, it like sort of adds to the overall like competitive advantages as well. Because I'm sure you know that the biggest risk in competitive advantage, other than competitors and the type of business, is the management, right? <laughs> yeah if you look at like Netflix uh, there's a read thing, and then you look at Starbucks
1: yeah mm. uh, yeah I, I definitely I think the team is extremely important um, but like we've pointed out in, in terms of their modes um, it's really about the low cost you know supply chain that they've built and it's not as simple as you know oh let's just build an, uh, a supply chain like that right? because at every corner you have to think of it this way and you have to build it in such a way and th- that is mm. that's crazy and the kind of yeah. re- retention and stickiness 90 percent my goodness of their, <laughs> of their membership you know really calls for it to to have the kind of continued value because like we've talked about in the beginning it's a cycle right members go to Mm. store more stores more members and more members more stores and then it becomes like a a cycle and you keep opening keep opening and keep doing new things you know on top of trying to see all these other digital transformation but then with, with that in mind, you've, you've already said that they are extremely matured, in, in, at least in their part of the world, right? So in the US, mm. in Canada, they're very mature and they are like household names. So then how are they looking to expand then, right? Because if 65% of their revenue is coming from membership mm-hmm. and they're not really banging on selling more products, they're trying to grow more members, I'm assuming that they have to open more stores and it's not just about omni-channel, you know what I'm saying? Because for other people... Omnichannel is selling products. That's extremely important to them. When there are more channels to sell more products, that's great. But for these guys, 65% come from members. They need more members. Mm. And not like... Mm. Push more products. Yeah. So Mm. what is their growth strategy? Mm, I
2: think it's all related to each other. Only if... uh, Like members find value in their products. They buy more products. They find value in the members. For members Mm. who don't buy more products... They don't find the membership useful... And they won't like renew... And there's uh, like a couple of uh, growth areas for Costco. The same with Netflix, which is how strong is their pricing power, and how and how uh, and can they increase price without increasing the churn rate of customers by a lot, right? So it's a good news that Costco renewal rate still remains high at about eighty eight percent, ninety percent ish. So that means that really only when customers buy more products they will find more value in the membership, right? It's logical, right? Yes, fair, fair. And then then, uh, that means that if, let's say, Costco decide to increase the membership price, which they have increased quite a couple of times without reducing the churn, then they have an immediate increase in revenue, you know? And Mm. the revenue increase is huge. Yes,
1: yes. Because they
2: have so many members, right? Exactly. Uh yeah, it's huge. It's in the hundreds of millions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh so and with the free I think cash
1: flow, because that is a direct free cash oh, flow, yeah. you can then further invest and you can do other things and you can continue to multiply. So exactly. That's that extremely powerful.
2: Yeah, so they just have to add more value and that's how they can grow. They don't necessarily have to make like lots of money from the things they sell, but they still do. They make the money from the membership and they can increase the price of the membership in the future if there's mm. inflation or what. Yeah, so I mean the thing to take note of for Costco, I would say, is really trying to observe and monitor the competitive advantage on mm. the durability of its, uh, the value add that they bring to the members. It's like Netflix, mm. right? If you don't find any more good movie, you don't find any more good value. Okay, bye bye, right? <laughs> like if recently, right? <laughs>
1: like recently, there's no good movies. I was like, oh my god, it's so boring. I'm gonna quit, right? So really? Yeah. I, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. There's no nothing good. I really finished a lot of those. Okay, it doesn't help that when you're locked down at home, you have a little bit more time, oh, and then yeah, you start yeah. to consume these things in a much yeah, faster yeah, pace, yeah. right? So. Yeah. If you think about it Based on the calendar Of Netflix They may not have Priced in the kind of High consumption level And yeah, you know, yeah, Given yeah, the yeah. lockdown But we can talk about Netflix another day So yeah, so, yeah. So, so that's the part Okay okay So there are, are there any Like major growth plans you know, for Costco. I mean, they're they're in China now, right? So that is definitely yeah. a very big consumer market to be. Um, what are their strategies mm. there? And you know, what what are we seeing going to the future for them?
2: Well, I'm not really sure, like specifically in detail, what's their strategy for China. But I would say that people over the world love cheap products. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
2: So I think anywhere they go, that's their strategy. <laughs> which is uh, really like providing as much like savings as they can, like providing as much value through the Mm. similar strategy, right? Uh, Leasing Mm. a big warehouse, like maybe like what IKEA is doing, Mm. or maybe not as big, I'm not sure. But Mm. like uh, basically like reducing their operating costs and giving as much value to members. And I think that is how they will grow in the future. Uh, Really like mainly just opening more stores and increasing the price of their membership without reducing the churn. Mm, by mm. a lot but I wouldn't say that it's the kind of your tech companies like huge growth rate huge revenue Mm. growth rate in the 50, 100% definitely no Uh, it's a kind of mature company uh, really quite solid in terms of what they're doing and what they have doing for a long time
1: I know Um, It's, it's, it's the kind of company that it will not enter the media circuit Nobody cares about them. You know, they've just been yeah. they've just been doing their thing all along. They're like the kid at the corner and they always just do very well for class, but not popular at all. You know, like yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. doing its thing and it's just making it work. But of course I think the China growth story is always something that people really, really want to amp up and you know, make it sound all mm. sexy and all, right? But I think this is the part where uh, we gotta see how management really executes in China because mm is definitely not the same as compared to in the US because they have the whole supply chain already built within the US and of course they definitely take foreign products coming in but uh, it's very different relative to you know operating in China so and China is so fast in terms of like competitors competing and trying to like you
2: know. Yep, yep,
1: yep. Put together a model and, and attack you. I mean you, you look at
2: Yeah,
1: no, yeah. No. Yeah, the luck in coffee, right? I mean if it it shit happened, but dude, they managed to rally so much capital behind building a brand that tried to rival Starbucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So yep. so in in China, whatever model that you think works, right, they will copy and they can they can make it, you know, so far, so amazing. So we really gotta mm. see the kind of consumer retention in the space, also we've got to see the expansion plan over time as it plays out and yep, uh, yep. see see whether they can continue to get their footing. If they can, you know, double their storefront, essentially repeat what they've done in the US and China, then wow, wow that will be an amazing, amazing business. Exactly, own.
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But are, are you concerned about their competitors in like, copying them? Although, yes, we say that um, it is not so easy to build a whole supply chain, you know, from scratch, right? But if you think mm. about it, there's also the whole um, supply chain of discount, discount supply chain, you know, which I think uh, mm. people that look at retail business they understand whenever there's the, the product does not move it moves into the discount channel and then mm. it will it will pass down to different people whoever like like people like your Daiso and all those guys they are actually all just yep. discount discount channels right so what yep. is stopping Walmart or Target or anyone else from setting up a same model with Costco you know mm. in as a as a form of a, like a like a Walmart discount mm. channel mm-hmm.
2: I think, I think there's nothing stopping them. And definitely, there's always a risk. But in investment, we must always think of the probability of that risk, right? Mm. Is mm. it like high or low? Uh, mm. And the way I see Costco is that another reason why it's not easy to copy them, simply copying them, I think they might have the strongest, I think, la, I think they might have the strongest purchasing power in the whole of US because they have so little like, SKUs. Like mm. three, about 3,000 plus mm. as compared to other like supermarkets with like tens of thousands, right? Yes. So yes. with the little SKUs and they have the highest per sales per square foot, mm. that means that they really buy a lot of the one thing. And mm. with that kind of like purchasing power, then they can really push the supplier to the lowest so, mm. if you want to start something new, you won't buy as much as Costco, definitely. <laughs> right? It will be yes. crazy, right?
1: Yes. To
2: buy yes. as much as Costco. And again, is uh, I think every brand stands for something. And I don't know if like, Walmart and Target want to suddenly stand for like, low-cost like, mm. supermarket. Mm. I don't know if you want to do that. They might do that. But if, let's say, they do that, then will, will that cannibalize their current like, supermarket? Yeah. So, that's yeah. also like, another question.
1: Yeah, that right. that is definitely something that is um, very real in, in the space, especially, I think, for the local guys that are listening, you know, in this part of the world, in Singapore, Malaysia, uh, people know the few brands, right? Cold Storage, um, Giant, and and Xiong, all those guys. I, I think a lot of people don't recognize that a lot of them are in one group. Like, Jackson's Marketplace and Cold Storage and Giant, they are in one group. They are owned by one company, and then they move down the supply chain. So whatever freshest product comes in, it goes to Jackson's Marketplace first. And then after two days, it cannot sell, it goes to Cold Storage. And then after Cold Storage it cannot sell, it goes to Giant. Right. So there, mm. there, is, there is some sort of extended discount and brand, you know, correlation. Of course, it's a lot more complicated than what I just said. But mm. there, there is some sort of way where you know a lot of grocers they actually move products down this path, other than just discounting within their own, um, e- within their own brand. Because exactly like what you say, right? Does Walmart want to stand for this thing like discount, cheap? You know, um, not everybody wants to be a Daiso, right? And actually, a lot of the wastage in the food space that we are starting to see, fundamentally is linked to this pricing power. Because if I sell something at ten dollars, I can sell seventy percent mm. of it. And I can make that, you know, 70% or $10. If I bring it down to $5, I can sell it all. But I'm going to make less from 100% of sale, right? So a lot of big retailers are still stuck on this way of, you know, selling at a premium. And they rather have mm. the food waste stage rather than do the whole discounting. So I, I, yeah. I totally get yeah. what you're saying.
2: Yeah, because if you think about it, like logically in Singapore itself, right? You don't see fair price having like, Fair price discount. You,
0: <laughs> fair price, you see outlet fair store, price outlet store. Outlet <laughs> <laughs> store.
2: Yeah, but I know that some of these like supermarkets have uh have a premium f- version of uh of their existing supermarkets. Yeah, fair, fair, rarely... fair,
1: fair price extra, I think. They call it fair price extra. Yeah. yeah. More Cold storage atas ones.
2: also have like a few kinds. So it's normally like mm. the standard and the atas. Mm. You rarely see the standard and then the discount <laughs> or like <the laughs> or like the outlet. Yeah. Mm, mm, and mm. you see giant, right? Giant stands for like cheap also, right? Yes. Like you don't suddenly see that giant have giant premium. <laughs> mm, 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 <laughs> mm, mm, it just like don't feel right, lah.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the power of brand, that's the power of you know, building a loyal following. Because over time you will have your own crew, right? You know, like if you build yeah, if you build something yeah. in this brand, all the guys that come in will be for will be standing for this idea. And if you keep shifting around and you change them, then you know that people get lost, people don't know what's your value and, and all those kind of stuff, right? So that's that's a very complicated, ongoing discussion. But I think, you know, that's uh, fundamentally Costco as a business has its own unique model and it's found its footing trying to expand abroad. We're not sure how that goes, uh, but at least at the core, we cannot discount that this, this cannot discount. <laughs> we cannot, pun intended, that we cannot discount mm-hmm. this discount warehouse uh, company that's are selling a lot, moving a lot of products given the model that they have. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's great. Uh, we had we had a very good discussion on this, and you know, if you never brought up this company, right, I will not entertain looking at it because it is never in the media circuit, or at least not within the recent history, like You know, for the past two years, you know, people are not mm. really talking about this company. So, yes, yeah, any any yeah, last yeah. words, anything you want to share uh, before we close yeah, this?
2: I'm, yeah, I mean, like uh, maybe just one last last like closing of course there's also the risk with regards to costco because you know that costco is still primarily uh like warehouse you know offline kind of retailers that offers really cheap products Mm. but if you think about it in the digital world that we live in if uh like digital retailers are able to one day scale and build like distribution leverage to such a size as costco they may be able to offer like comparable values to Costco Mm. offering. Plus, it's digital. They don't need Mm. to rent the warehouse.
1: I know who you're talking about. Hashtag Amazon Prime. (laughs) 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 So, so yes, yes. Cool, cool. Yeah, so I think very well uh, you know discussed overall and for anyone else that want to continue to understand definitely you know talk about talk in the comment section below and we will continue to have discussion for other companies as we go along thank you thanks for spending time with us today awesome thanks chris
2: my pleasure thanks reggie
1: nice
0: Hey Coconuts, so I hope you learned something useful today and definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision We're not giving you any recommendations here but i always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future This series has a lot more depth and terms so if you have any questions for us do join our Community Telegram group or DM us on our socials Link is in the description If you love us And want to help us grow Definitely share the podcast With your friends And on your socials And to stay tuned With what is happening In the markets And in the TFC network Do sign up for our Weekly newsletter At thefinancialcoconut.com With that I hope you have A great day ahead And may you improve To become a confident Insightful and disciplined investor Ultimately creating The life you love While managing Your finances well See ya next week